I see all of your little, you know, serious. Don't worry. The COVID is not going to come and attack us. Uh, normally what we do, you know, we wish each other by shaking hands. But today we are going to look at each other and say hi, you know, something, some smiling with full of smiles. So it make this atmosphere a little lighter. <clears throat> We are still, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to conduct uh, uh, this, you know, service after a gap of nearly a year. You know, we all got used to the Zoom meetings, but slowly we are trying to come back, come back to our normal service. <clears throat> uh, so, on the, at the same time, I would like to also wish all those who are joining us online today. Uh, uh, of course, you missed that warmth of fellowship. Uh, but we'll, let's pray. God is going to make things much easier for us to come back and meet. Uh, let us continue to pray for one another, uphold one another. Uh, God is going to do great and mighty things in our midst. Uh, for those who are uh, joining us for the first time today, we are uh, having a series of study uh, from the book of uh, First Peter. It's written by uh, Apostle Peter. Uh, uh, thank you, sister, for lead, uh, reading this portion. And thank you, Johnson, for leading the service. <clears throat> uh, okay. Before we go uh, into the message, I would request all of you to bow down with me and come at this time in God's hand. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Master, for this wonderful time you have given to us. Lord, we are here to worship you. We are here to offer our thanksgiving for the fact that you are in control of our life. You are our God who has created us, who have chosen us. You have called each one of us to be your child, to be your children. Today, we are offering our thanksgiving by coming together as a family. Lord, at times we feel uh, discouraged because of the fact that we are not able to meet one another, share our love with one another. But you have allowed this. You have taught us so many lessons in the past one year. At this time, we are thankful to you for this, Lord, day that we could come in a small number and gather to hear in your presence. And also, our dear ones who are connected online, we are with them in spirit. Thank you for this fellowship. Thank you for the love. Thank you for your, Lord, amazing presence in our life, Lord. You are going to lead us and guide us. We come at this time into your hand as we speak, as we learn from the word. You only can speak to us, open our hearts and our minds so that we will know what is in store for us today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time. Your presence in Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> uh, as I said, we are going through this uh, book of uh, First Peter. Uh, I, 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 I'll keep asking you some questions to make it more interactive. <clears throat> okay. So uh, keep your Bibles open. I'm going to refer uh, verses here and there, and we are going to run through the entire chapter. <clears throat> it was in the year nine, uh, 64, not 1964. It was in the year 64 AD. A huge fire broke out in the city of Rome. You know, most of you know the history students. The fire raged for seven days continuously and gutted most of the presidential quarters, consuming block after block of uh, crowded settlements. 
when the city was burning it was told it was believed you know uh, the emperor nero who was the uh, emperor ruling that uh, the roman uh, empire he was what he was doing can somebody help when the rome was burning wonderful yeah he was playing fiddle you know he's playing violin <clears throat> and you know people were astonished you know how can he do that he's an emperor the city is burning and looking at the circumstantial evidence you know it was believed that emperor was responsible for the fire you know because later on when the city was rebuilt emperor nero seized you know substantial chunk of land for himself and built his golden palace on the site to deflect blame on himself you know what did he do he you know established a convenient scapegoat what was that he put the blame on the christians you know it was 64 i want to take you back little you know back backwards couple of years after jerusalem you know rome had become an important center for the growth of christianity uh, during the early you know ch church growth uh, you know the roman empire you know contributed indirectly to the you know spread of the gospel you know because they have built good roads good infrastructure which enabled the missionaries to travel from one part to another because the most part of that uh, world was under roman empire they were able to you know freely go across and that helped the spread of the gospel immediately as uh, you know uh, the uh, fire broke out after that you know there was a huge persecution of the christians broke out because till nero's death that four years you know because he put the blame on the christians the authorities and the emperor looking for an opportunity to crush the christianity because the christianity was growing very fast christianity flourished in the city of rome and uh, as the christianity growth grew as the church grew that also attracted the unwanted attention of the roman authorities so this fire gave an opportunity to crush the christian church growth widespread persecution broke out till nero died you know in 68 thousands of christians were brutally killed and many of them crucified the bodies were lifted up you know and used as torches uh, at the street corners and it was told the ferocious animals were let loose on the christians and they were you know killing them the whole crowd used to sit and watch and enjoy uh, you know the scene from the gallery the history also says both paul and peter apostle paul and apostle peter were killed during this particular roman persecution paul was beheaded and peter was crucified upside down when peter wrote this particular book the first peter and second peter he very well understood the challenges to live as a christian in this hostile world 64 i am taking you back you know during the early part of the christian church growth he knew that a christian has to suffer there is an imminent danger to the one who has decided to follow christ as i said we are going through the book of peter today we are going to through go through uh, chapter 4 and how see how the writings of peter is relevant to us today 
does it make any sense as we sit and read this book of Peter on this day? We are going to see, that's what we are going to see. <clears throat> uh, I, I'm going to follow uh, NIV Bible. Uh, so uh, the NIV Bible separates the chapter into two major parts under the following titles. So I'm going to stick to that. Uh, the first title says, Living for God. The second title says, Suffering for Being a Christian. Living for God and suffering for being Christian. Let us go to the past point number one, living for God. Uh, I want to split this particular, you know, uh, the subsection into further subsections. The first title will be chosen to live a new life. Chosen to live a new life. Keep this, your Bibles open. Uh, the, the, he starts, the Peter, Apostle Peter starts the chapter with the word, therefore, you know, he's starting with therefore. That means he wants to reiterate some of the things he discussed in the previous chapter. So by saying, therefore, he connects this chapter to the earlier chapter, particularly to the chapter, you know, verse 18. I'm going to read verse 18 of chapter 3. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So he's telling, he's reiterating, that Christ died for us died for our sins, a righteous person like Christ died for the right unrighteousness because in order to bring all of us to God, he was put to death in the body, but made alive in spirit. In another translation, it says Christ also suffered. You know, he was put to death and became victorious in his resurrection. Therefore, he's, he encourages us to arm yourself. You know, it, it says arm yourself. Chapter four, verse one. Is there any other translation which says, you know, better I checked up all the other translations. What do you mean by arm yourself? Uh, if you have any other different version, you can just tell me. Is, you know, Peter is saying, arm yourself. He's not going to lead a rebellious, you know, uh, movement. He's not going to revolt against the government. As if, you know, the arm yourself says, better you keep yourself with arms and be ready for any kind of a fighting. But he says, arm yourself with same attitude, he's talking about the attitude of Christ, who died and rose again, who endured the suffering when he was a man who was living in this world. The model we have here is to live as a Christian, is to follow Christ. We should not look here and there, my dear brothers and sisters, the leader, pastor, or a ministry, uh, you know, Christian minister, towards whom you are probably looking for spiritual nourishment, maybe he himself or herself going through a spiritual wilderness. It's possible. You know, as we have seen, many personality-driven movement, church, or institutions have collapsed when the leader fell into sin. So let us not, you know, look toward men. Of course, we have to have brothers and sisters, to encourage us, to help us out in times of need. But ultimately, Peter is saying, please look towards Christ who has set an example before us. So we have, you know, uh, why, why do we do that? You know, when, when we look up to somebody and when, when we came to know, you know, uh, there is a disappointment in their life, why do, you know, we all get disappointed. Why, why does it happen? Because the Romans 3, 
23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if we put our faith on man, we tend to get disappointed. Apostle Paul, you know, he supplements, he you know, compliments whatever the Peter writes. Uh, when he writes in the book of Hebrew, he says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12.2. Let us fix our eyes on God, who is on Jesus, who is author. Author means the initiator, the person who, you know, uh, started off. Author and perfecter. You know, author is the point of initiation. Perfecter is a process, you know. He makes us perfect each and every time as we walk through this journey of uh, faith. So Apostle Paul and Apostle Peter are on the same page in saying, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. As a believer, we have a transformational experience before we come into uh, the new life and start living for God. In uh, uh, the same chapter, verse 3, Apostle Peter says, once we were like pagans and lived a life of debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, detestable idolatry. You know, he's listing out all the serious offenses, so serious sins. In verse 3, Apostle Peter, once we were like that, you know, when we were like, we may not be, you know, doing all sorts of sins, but we were not walking with the Lord earlier, but now he's, you know, addressing the Christians, the people, you know, now you are in a, in a new, new situation. You have tasted uh, Christ. You know, when Peter wrote this letter, the people of Rome were into a new age movement. You know, there was new teachings came because of the prosperity. The Rome was very prosperous city. The business was booming. The commercial movements was there and the people were getting educated. Uh, so uh, the people were looking towards, you know, the new age movement uh, mostly, you know, came from the Eastern side. You know, they embrace the Eastern religions by worshiping the God, gods and goddesses like Isis, Dunosis, Mithras, and Sibyl, etc. But at the same time, many have turned away from this, you know, uh, uh, the New Age theology towards Christian, you know, Christianity. They have started following Christ. Therefore, Peter, you know, having this urge in his, you know, burden in his heart, he is telling the Christians, and you have, you know, you are a new creation. You are a new person. You have lived in that life earlier, but you are new. So verse 3 says, you have spent enough time in the past doing these things, what pagans choose, choose to do. Verse 4, you are strange that you do not plunge. They, uh, they say you are strange that you do not plunge with them in the same flood of dissipation. So they are saying, you know, these people, the Christians, they were with us in doing all these things. Now, they are not doing anymore. So they are astonished. They are, you know, they are, they are very much puzzled, you know, what's, what, what, what's happening to these people? That's what will happen to us, brothers and sisters, as we take in Christ in our hearts. We are a new creation. The, the scripture says, now you are in Christ, you are a new creation. All things have passed away and everything is new. So we are chosen now. We are leading a Christian life. What next? The next point I would like to make is chosen to be a witness. You know, as, as long as we live, you know, lead a nice Christian life, it's good. But when you want to be a witness, it goes a step ahead. 
now since we are chosen and separated from the past life how do we li live a life of witness now paul peter encourages us to inculcate some of the spiritual discipline uh, when he says in chapter uh, the same chapter verse 7 be clear minded and self controlled so that you can pray be clear minded and self controlled so that you can pray if you want to pursue if you want to you know sustain yourself in this faith faith life what you are supposed to do be clear minded and self controlled so that you can pray you know how is our prayer life the prayer is very very important you know how do we how much time we are spending in our prayer or whenever we sit to pray are we able to have this clear mindedness and self controlled spirit you know it's very difficult for me sometimes when i sit to pray in my you know morning prayer time that is the time i think about my office oh this is has to be you know finished today uh, this is undone you know whether uh, you know everything is all right and these type of things you know cloud our mind you know it's very difficult it's very difficult that is what our flesh is very weak so how is our prayer life many times you know it's very very difficult uh, so further down peter is saying uh, one of the other advice love one another deeply and offer hospitality without grumbling love one another i'm i'm reading from the uh, same chapter so loving one another and offer hospitality uh, without grumbling this all some of the practical tips is giving uh, to live a worthy and exemplary life you know this can be practiced in our homes keep your homes open so that people can come and you know test your love and test your hospitality so that you know we can be a true witness that's an opportunity for rest to be a witness not only to live as a christian but also to live as a witness so that people will see and you know see a difference in us and also peter when he go down he advises us to be a good steward of god's grace by using the gifts he has given us to serve others and he says in verse 11 please see verse 11 and he says if anyone speaks they should do so as a one who speaks the very words of god if anyone serves you should do it with strength god provides the speaking and serving you know which can be the best platform for uh, practicing this uh, attributes this characteristics church you know church is a platform Uh, which you know uh, gives an opportunity to each and every body to serve our god not only the pastor elders deacons deaconesses or the ministry leaders each and every one can play a role in the church so this can be really practiced in the church and the fellowship we enjoy within the church so not necessarily one should be a preacher you know one should be uh, holding a position of elder and deacon and deaconess as i said everyone can participate you know even a small uh, uh, bit of you know coming early and organizing things is a service we offer to the lord really god you know honors that you know god looks at that you know he looks at the heart and how you are committed to be a witness and also to be a, a called person when we get strengthened within the fellowship we, we will be effective witness outside you know we get strengthened in our personal life we get strengthened as a church as body of believers and we will be effective witnesses outside in the world people see 
some difference in our approach, in our lives, lifestyle. And uh, if someone asks you the secret of your happiness, be ready to share with them the good news. You know, people are watching, you know, people, the neighbors are watching, the colleagues are watching. They will ask you at one point of time, hey, I, I, I find some different difference in you. What is that? So whenever we come across such a, such a situation, you know, uh, uh, in chapter 315 says, you know, that is the, the bottom line or very important verse in the chapter 315 uh, uh, in terms of, you know, evangelizing, uh, be a witness. Uh, chapter 315 says, always be prepared to give an answer to any, everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Have you come across uh, such a situation? Did anyone, have you ever uh, come across a situation where somebody asked you, walked up to you and asked, hey, you look different, you know, you, you do, do things very differently. You're always happy. What is the secret of your happiness? Have you ever have, definitely, I, I think many of you must have come across such a situation, but the, the scripture says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you this question, you know, for the reason, for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. Do this with gentleness and respect. I'm going to the second part of uh, uh, the sermon. Number two, the suffering for being Christians. Suffering for being Christians. Suffering as part of Christian life. How many of you have suffered for being a Christian? How many of you just nod your head or just give me a gesture? Definitely, yeah. How many of you have suffered for being a Christian? As long as you carry your name, you know, my name is Joseph. I carry around uh, Joseph, Joseph. It's okay, no problem. People love, okay, because it's a lo lovely sounding name, Western name. But the moment I put my, you know, whatever I practice in, you know, whatever I, you know, uh, believe into practice, you know, there comes the problem because uh, we are, you know, in this world, we come across so much of, uh, you know, accepted practices which are not scripturally, scripturally right, you know, especially in our workplaces. I've, I've known one of my friends who was in CPWD uh, when he got posted in the, in the particular section to clear the bills. You know, there are 15 people sitting in that same hall. Uh, all of them are clearing bills for the projects they have done. And this particular guy, he was supposed to do the same thing, but there was, you know, all uh, false bills and other things. He was trying to tell, you know, this is not, I'm not going to do it. So he was, you know, looked at, everyone looked at him as a, you know, threat to the system. You know, which is an accepted practice, but for clearing the bills, he is so getting a, you know, cut every month on a regular basis. He resisted, but he was thrown out. He wanted to be a Christian in that setup, but you know, the, for the others, it's an accepted practice. It's a normal, nothing, you know, government is not giving us enough salary, but these are the things, perks you get, you know, getting posted in a particular seat, in a particular division. So it's a very difficult, you know, when, when one becomes a believer, the irony is, you know, he becomes a good person. He becomes a good citizen. He becomes a good father to the children. He becomes a you know, good husband to the wife. The wife becomes good to the husband. What is the problem? You know, everything is going on well. You know, when good things happen to people, why should others feel threatened? My dear brothers and sisters, this is the irony of the 
age you know we are in the fallen age uh, uh, you know whenever we want to stand up we take a stand as a christian you face opposition peter says that in our hearts we revere christ as lord when we try to emulate christ in our lives unfortunately the world looks at differently the worldly worldly ways are contrary to god ways we follow rules as christians we pay taxes we love our enemies submit authorities but still the world hates us as uh, you know second uh, timothy 3:12 says in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in christ jesus will be persecuted everyone who wants to live a godly life in christ jesus will be persecuted this this verse came uh, as a reminder this week uh some time back two weeks back i got a call uh, from a lady who is a punjabi uh, sikha uh, and she said i have been listening to some youtube videos and i want to know more about christ i want to have a bible very urgently a hindi bible please get it you know can you give it to me i said i am not here i am out outside out station i am traveling but definitely i'll get it you know delivered at your place i'll arrange that she said no 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 i'm in a you know protected environment if somebody comes to know that uh, a bible is getting passed on to me i'll be thrown out of this place then i said tk no problem just you wait and then we found out where she's staying and as we came back last last week we were traveling outside delhi as a family so we came back uh, so we found out you know uh, she said please pack it very carefully and pass it on to us when you come to give us others should not look at it you know otherwise my life is in danger so last week last sunday myself and florence went nicely packed bible a hindi bible we didn't have a bible but we had a copy of the bible in our home and took it and went and she's reading and she's i connected her with uh, florence and she keeps corresponding with her uh, and one of the you know questions she asked was you know from the second uh, timothy chapter 312 she messaged uh, florence and asked why is it so everyone who wants to live a godly life in christ jesus will be persecuted what does it mean you know uh, so we in our own wisdom we forwarded some some hindi uh, sermon which explains uh, in a better way this so that she will get it and she's growing in the lord let us pray for her and uh, this is what you know people who come into christ they are astonished to see the world is not accepting them why is it so because we are in the fallen world the majority of the people are not you know trying to you know follow christ they resist john 3:19 clearly says light has come into the world in the form of christ light has come into the world but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil who will lead these people who are in the darkness to light only you and me have to do it only you and me have to do it for that we have to live as a witness you know but when we do it we are definitely being uh, will be ridiculed and mocked but with christ help we can proceed further the last uh, section is persecution as part of church life persecution as part of church life if you see christian the the history of the church you know there were you know, the persecution started from right from the beginning you know the the persecution first persecution started when uh, stephen was you know talking and immediately there was a huge 
a violence broke out he was killed and immediately the church the church the christians and the people of the faith you know people of the way were you know threatened and killed and uh, they were dispersed and we have seen the persecution in the roman world when we see the history you know what happened during that time whenever the persecution happened the church got revived whenever the persecution happened the church got revived after the roman persecution in the 64 year 64 ad after that 200 years you know there was persecution again and again on the christians till constantine you know came into the picture as a roman emperor who supported the growth of the christianity just imagine 200 years people are you know killing uh, all the christians and there was no whatsapp group there was no email there was no church there was no uh, written uh, scripture in front of them but church survived faith survived because few people committed their life to follow christ and they left the way they were leading and they became a transformed people in verse 12 peter says want us do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you he knew the next 200 years going to be very difficult because as soon as he wrote this probably he wrote this uh, book uh, somewhere between 67 67 or 68 uh, so he knew the next 200 300 years is going to be very very tough so he wrote do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you uh, so the persecution word is not a new terminology for the christians you know as per the data available on the website of open doors www.opendoorsusa.org in the last year alone 2020 alone 340 million christians living in uh, places were experiencing a high level of persecution and discrimination 340 million people and 4761 christians killed for their faith 4488 churches and other christian buildings attacked 4277 believers detained without trial arrested sentenced or imprisoned this is only a part of the story this are only the numbers which are reported but there could be a much the figure should could be much more higher than this we know you know we know in our church, in our, in our country what's happening peter in verse 14 of the same chapter says if you are insulted because of the name of the christ, name of christ you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of god rests on you peter is speaking from his experience he is the right person you know he is writing from his he's not writing a story he is not you know imagine uh, imagining something and writing he is you know bringing out from his life experience you know this is a very interesting character apart from paul if you look at the, the new testament uh, peter apostle peter is a very very interesting character he's full of passion at times full of failures ups and downs you know he went through a roller coaster kind of a lifestyle but when he you know took jesus in his heart and he preached that sermon in jerusalem just before the day of pentecost you know everything changed after that he never stopped so he's he's writing with a lot of passion with a lot of encouragement and he's encouraging and the believers that we are blessed people when we are prosecuted uh, persecuted in verse 16 says do not be ashamed but praise god that you bear that name in closing the chapter uh, apostle peter says 
those who suffer according to god's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good and continue to do good you know continue do do not give up you know keep on doing it verse 19 james 1 2 and 3 you know captures the same sentiments of what uh, peter writes consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance you know persevere perseverance is much required for us so that we can press on uh, you know we don't give up and we continue to do the good thing you know do good as uh, i close through this chapter apostle paul is reminding us very clearly you know highlighting the fact we are not the people like pagans who are doing all sorts of you know um, evil things but we are separated is is reminding us we are chosen and he is also reiterating we need to live for him and also we need to serve him in our own lives in our families in in our church we serve him through the gifts god has given to him given to each one of us by his grace while doing so we should turn our eyes on jesus you know who is author and perfecter of our faith and keep him as a model don't look here and there don't bring in any man in front of you replacing god we have only one model in this world is our christ lord jesus christ so when we live godly life the world may hate us they may persecute us with god's help we may persevere and press on till we are we are assured of our reward in heaven may god bless each one of us and enable us to live for him as a witness thank you uh, let's uh, come at this time in prayer and uh, bow down with me thank you heavenly father we thank you to lord for the reminder that you have given to us this morning that we have to live for you we have to focus our attention on our creator on our god lord jesus christ who has chosen us who has separated us from the world and you have given us this privilege of being your children as we live in this world lord we may come across so much of troubles trials and temptations but with your help lord we can fix our eyes on you so that we can persevere this hardship in this world as long as we are in this world and also lord help us not to resist ourselves from sharing about your goodness to the people around us be a witness so that lord the purpose for which you have called each one of us will be fulfilled in our life thank you lord enable us we lack wisdom understanding strength strengthen us lead us and guide us thank you for hearing our prayer thank you for touching each one of us lord we ask all these things in the most precious name of our lord and savior jesus christ I'm going to say the benediction. Uh, receive the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.